Alright, Joey, so this is our bonus block. This will be our episode 36. It's very exciting. This will be, um, if I had to guess on what day this will come out, I'm probably going to guess wrong. Um, I'm assuming this will come out on the 23rd, so it is January 23rd of 2016, Joey. Okay. <laughs> we just took a drastic leap forward from where we're at right now. We're, we're time jumping. We're time jumping. This is what this is. Um, so this is our bonus block. Um, we won't be bringing you any news this week. But more than likely, it's because no news has happened. Yep. Um, I'm saying this to you from the past. So don't freak out. I'm not trying to, like, you know, back to the future or anything. Yeah. Actually, um, you know, if you guys can, like, contact us from the future, it would be really great if you guys had given us those Powerball tickets, like those numbers. Right? Like, hell, even give me the Powerball tickets for next week so I can get $40 million. What? I saw someone, <laughs> speaking of the Powerball, I saw someone, because it was up to, what, $1.5 billion. Yeah. Take, um, and the take-home was, like... Because it was split two ways, like, 400 some million dollars. No, it was more than that. Um, it was a lot. It was a After taxes. It's, no, after taxes, take-home was still, like, like, 700 or some bullshit like that. That wouldn't make sense if it was split three ways. It's like, no, I'm saying, well, like, if one person won... Yeah, yeah, no, if one person won, but three people won, so the split is somewhere around like 400, uh, some million. And I saw someone being like, Psh, wow, it was like 400 something million dollars. Like, that's not even that much. I'm like, that's bitch. That's more than I would do for $20 right now. Shut your mouth. So if you guys hear buckles and zippers right now, this is just business. Um,. <laughs> Yeah, I just, like, I couldn't fathom the amount of money that was there. And, like, every day at lunch, man. Did you buy any any no. tickets? Mm-hmm. I knew I wasn't going to win. Yeah, it's but just, it's one of those things where it's like you're not going to win unless you play. Yeah, I and know. it's two like, bucks. I guess, I guess. Uh, I was meaning to get to a gas station, um, what was it, Monday? Wednesday. Yeah. Um, I've never played the lottery before. You just it, it, there's so it's just like I mean like I know like I'll probably just go in I can just start, drop down ten bucks and I was like, do you like give me like five quick picks yeah yeah five quick picks for the Powerball and then like yeah and that that would have been it I mean I know how to play it's just I've never actually bothered Joey, let me play. let me kind of break it down because it seems like you don't know oh. how to play hold on okay. tell me so. <laughs> You're going to walk into the lottery place, whether it be a gas station or, or a supermarket let me, let me take notes on or a liquor store. You're going to walk in and you're going to fill out a little piece of paper. You're going to fill out a little piece of paper and it's like an SAT test. You're going to fill it out. <laughs> and you're going to hand it to the guy and you're going to be like, hey, yeah, this is my, these are my numbers. And then he's going to be like, all right, well, here you take it. Yeah, thank you. And that'll, that's, that's me doing you. That was me doing your voice. <laughs> Going to go buy <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I'm not gonna bother to actually fucking fill that shit out. I mean, like, I'm just gonna go. Yeah, I mean, if it if it pay was pay. if it wasn't busy, then I'm sure you could. Dude, like, and like that that was that. that was the thing. Every fucking gas station I went to was fucking packed. No matter what time well, yeah, of day, it, it's it's weird because um, I saw CNN report that like 
In some places, people were waiting hours mm-hmm. to get tickets. Holy shit, dude. Yeah. So. I mean, like, just like everyone at lunch. That's all they talked about. I mean, it's $1.5 billion. People bought $2.6 billion worth of tickets. Yeah. Just so. What the fuck, man? Maybe we should get into the lottery business. I don't know. Maybe it's like, yeah, what the fuck are we going to give them? We'll be like, okay, so the so the jackpot is $1.5 billion. They buy $2.6 billion worth of tickets. We're going to make off like bandits. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, like, it always makes me wonder, like, where the fuck did this lottery start? Like, who fucking started this shit? I mean, I mean, like, I've heard, like, office lotteries, like, where, like, they straight up just, like, like, have numbers in a hat and then, like... Like a deck of cards. And, oh, yeah, and they you just, take like, a know, card like, and then they you know, draw like, each, one out each, of the deck. Each card costs, like, what, five bucks? Yeah. And then, you know, you put in five dollars and then you just win the pot and, you know, if, if your card's drawn. Um, but, like, I always wonder, like, how the fuck did that shit ever start? Because, I mean, like, no to, get, to get to that level, to get to the point of which we're one day in history, it is the biggest fucking lottery ever. Ever. Like, Jesus, like, that much money? Like, and even then, split three ways? That's still a shitload of money. That's a lot of money. I mean, like, and even then, just imagine, like, like, like even like, then, okay, so Powerball got reset, and I know this because I went to the gas station before I got here. Um, the John Powerball has, like, res- 15 quick picks. Uh, the Powerball was reset after this last one to $40 million. That's I'm like, $40 million? That would fucking set me up real nice for a real long time. These mm-hmm. podcasts would not have these audio problems no. at $40 million. Like, I wouldn't be living in my shitty apartment. I wouldn't be driving my shitty truck I would be driving a nicer truck and like that's all everyone talked about was like all the stuff they would buy and like I couldn't help but imagine too I mean like I kept thinking like yeah, it's one of I'm gonna buy me a new truck I'm gonna fucking get a house I'm gonna walk into work and I'm gonna be like fuck you and fuck you and fuck you and you're cool. Here's a thousand dollars. Take some money. Fuck you. Fuck you. And then just like drop my pants and then just like walk out. We're like, Peace. just be wearing like hundred dollar bill underwear mm-hmm. made of actual hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. And yes, obviously. And like, it's just like you just can't help but think that when yeah, it's, that it, it's weird. It's just, um, I just I I, I though there the is money. there is like dubious stuff that goes on because I heard that um, the people in charge of the Powerball specifically like made the odds to win everything before it like they mess with the odds in a way where it was harder to win just so they can keep raising the Powerball to get it up to as high as they did. Just 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 imagine if it actually like if nobody won. And it got like two billion dollars. Holy shit, dude! That'd be insane. One billion takeaway if only one person won. It's 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 almost not unfathomable to think about. And like, if I had that much money, I would just like I wouldn't have to work anymore. I would. I, w- I, mean, I would still work just because I'm the kind of person who can't sit at home all day. But um, still, like, I would get a job doing whatever the fuck I wanted to do. That yeah. If I want to go work at a fucking GameStop and make, you know, ten dollars an hour, minimum wage in California. Not that you know I'd be getting paid more than that, but 
Like, I could do that. Yeah. So I can show up, shoot the shit with people all day, and then go home. And then if someone gives me lip, being like, fuck you. I have more money than you will ever you see in your entire your life. You, go, you just tell all the manager, go fuck yourself. And then, like, you get fired. Fine. Whatever. And then you just, like, you just like, walk like, out and you push I'm over like, display as you walk out. I'm like, bitch. I have more money in my pocket than you will make all year. Do you see these shoes? Do you see these fucking shoes? These are Airwalks from Payless. You ain't got shit. And these are Xbox threes. These won't be out for another fifteen years. <laughs> it's just, oh man, just the, it's a, like it's such an insane amount of money. I I just can't even like even if I sat down and I think about all the things I would get, I'd buy a new car. Yeah, I'd buy a nice ass car. Buy probably buy a Tesla. Fuck it. Um, buy a fucking really nice house. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be able to live pay that, that right. off and just be done. Um, in the side of the and even then, I'm like, I'm not even through my first million yet. Mm-hmm. You know, it's no. like I I just can't even like fathom. You know what? Like, and you keep everyone hears like everything like of like the lotto winners that have just like. Fuck their lives up, and like, and like that happens so much because like these people are just like working class guys, working class ladies, or whatever you know, just like people who have regular shitty jobs, and then all of a sudden, millions of dollars are thrown at them, you know, all of a sudden, and they change overnight, or like something happens to them, and like they, you know, some of them fucking, and like a lot of them just end up dying, like some like there's been like multiple people who just like fucking up and died because like they've just squandered their money away on drugs or they've. Like, I would I would fucking buy a really nice couch. I'd buy a fucking giant television. Fucking sit at home and play video games all day. Like I'd probably die of some heart fit, congestive heart failure because I'm not fucking moving. <laughs> giant would buy, buy like pizza a all day. Machine. But um, like I'm just like I can't even fathom like spending that much money. Either. I wouldn't know what to do with it. I, I, in all honesty, like I'm still in the mindset to where like you've seen that movie Blank Check, right? No. Like essentially, you haven't seen blank check. I don't think so. Essentially, some little kid fucking finds a blank check and then like for like essentially uh, commits some fr- um, commits fraud and just like makes like a shit ton of checks and then like somehow is able to fool uh, you know uh, a bank into just giving him like money, 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 and then like he just spends it all on stupid shit on all like stuff little kids would want. You know, and then I just can't help but think like I would probably do something exactly like that. I would buy a fucking go kart track in my backyard. I would fucking buy like a weird ass roller coaster looking thing. Yeah, and it's like you could do all that, but you would still have so much money left over. That's true. And I'm like, obviously, the thing is like, think of the future, invest your money. Oh, I invest so much of it. Um, hell, if anything, buy land. Buy a whole bunch of real estate. Like Go big, crazy. The big, the big short told me otherwise. In <laughs> um, like you know, fucking make a trust fund for your kids and shit. Be responsible with your money, Powerball winners, because I know you're listening to this. Well, one lady because just straight up settled for a million dollars, and like like um for just like immediate payout. And, and that was it. And I honestly think I would probably just go the installment route because, like, when you really think about it, that's like a couple, like, ten, twenty, thirty million dollars a year that you're getting in a check. Yeah, and that's that's a shitload of money. One uh, a year, but two, if you have like spending problems, that's the best way to do it. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you? Because that way you. I mean, have, I don't have spending problems right, right now. Right, but I'm saying like if you were the but kind of person you did, yeah. 
when you get fucking all this money at once, you can fucking die. Yeah. So um, to get it like split up like that would definitely be. I'd spend all that money. Yeah. By the end of the year, buy everything I want to fucking buy. And then what the fuck am I going to do for buy me a house. Yeah, fuck it. Buy me a truck and then I can buy a blowjob machine or something. Set up a really nice podcast studio. I, that would be honestly like one of the first things I, I would ever think about. Because like I was, after I thought about like house and truck and like quitting my job, it would be like... Well, I need something to do with all of this fucking thing. Like, yeah, I would be like, the podcast thing could actually become like... A legitimate thing now. So let me let me put this out there. Um, if um, you are a pow- Powerball winner and you are listening to this podcast, donate and money. You would like to make a generous donation to me or, me or Joey or the podcast in general, email me at <laughs> in the menu podcast at gmail.com and I will give you. My PayPal account information so quickly. I um, with the with the fury things. of a thousand suns. We will do things that people should not do <laughs> for that money. Um, yeah, that's insane. Anywho, it, it's insane that it got that high. I don't really want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> just, just get sad. It's oh. over. It's over. It's yeah. done with. You know. Um, have you done anything fun recently? Mm, not really. I've been um, meaning to go to uh, Universal Studios again. Gone in a little while. And wait till spring. Yeah, Harry Potter was uh, almost I, done. Yeah, but our season pass tickets expire. I think in like March. Do they? Yeah. Mm. So, I, need, I need to renew mine soon. So I, I want to go before then for sure. Yeah. And then probably I'll end up getting season passes again once Harry Potter stuff gets done. Yeah. Well, it's supposed to be this spring. Yeah. I think in so, April. April yeah. or May. So, you know, it's close. It's really yeah. close. So, uh, I, I'm, no, I'm pretty sure like, no one listened to the episode, even though, like, I tried to listen to it. I couldn't fucking make it through five minutes. It was uh, like one of the first times that whole like sound issue anomaly thing happened to us. Um, we were talking like like the episode before that. We were talking about weird growing up stuff, and you know because we're at that cusp of being in the middle of our twenties. Yeah. And then I was talking about how I didn't really like going to shows, but I still would end up going to shows um, of bands I really really liked. I actually went to go see a band I really really liked not too long ago. I'm surprised they came into town. Um, this band called Career Suicide. Anyone who's familiar with like punk music from Canada or whatever, they probably know who Career Suicide is. A bunch of Canucks. A bunch of Canucks. And uh, it was kind of funny because some people in the crowd, after they played one, like, um, uh, you know, one of our favorite, like, pretty much collectively in the crowd, one of our favorite songs, uh, they just yelled, That's what I'm talking about. And I thought that was pretty great. And then the dude, the guitar player, just started, like, speaking in, like, a really thick Canadian accent. And it was great. Um, but I went to go see Career Suicide. Like, our town was the first stop on their world tour. Fun. It was nuts. It was weird. I did not expect it to happen, but I, I had a really fun time going out there and just seeing one of my favorite bands play. And uh, I'm not sure where they're at right now. I think might. I think I know they just played in Oakland on the 15th. So if you guys had the chance to ever go fucking see them, see them. They're fucking awesome live. They're fucking energetic as all hell, and it's just a lot of really cool, fun songs to listen to. So. 
check them out. It's kind of like it was like a once in a lifetime thing because I don't think they're ever going to make it back here ever. Definitely again. not here because they didn't. They haven't toured for like ten years, and that's what's kind of surprising. Yeah. So like it's like these guys are worth checking out if you ever have the chance to check them out. Mm. They should be like on the East Coast right about now. I think probably by the time this will go. And up. then uh, they have like some stops in Japan and then Korea. And it's like a really short world tour, and for some reason they came to Bakersfield. So, to be considered a world tour, if we were going to go on the chopping block world tour, <laughs> would we just need to go overseas? I don't know. We'd obviously need to go to Canada. I think it would be right. multiple days outside of the of wherever your home is. So, if we just went to Canada, we can call that a world tour. Yeah. If we went to France, obviously, I feel like crossing the ocean is necessary. I think it has to be multiple tour. dates, though, and it has to extend into other countries, though. So, so if we went France, Germany, Italy... You mean all the, all the fun countries to go to in Europe? Yeah. I or if we went to, like, that, Japan yeah. and China and um, something like that. So, so what's, what... Is the definition of a world tour like? At what point guess, can you call it a world tour? I don't know. I guess it's just like like the amount. Of, I guess it's just the amount of dates you have outside of your country. So like you know, we go to like Canada and then you know for like two stops, and then we go to the UK for two stops, and then we go to uh, you know Western Europe for two stops, and maybe like not the shithole places in Eastern Europe, you know. I don't really think there's any shithole. I think there's a lot of shithole places in Eastern Europe. It's very hard to find the ones that are not shitholes. But like, you go for like two stops wherever over there, and then like you know, two stops in Japan, and then and you just come right back or whatever. Or hell, you can just go to Europe and back. It might, I think it might be considered just a European tour, though. Yeah. See, that's the thing. I'm like, at what point? I think it has to be like you have to hit maybe hit every, every continent, continent, including Antarctica. <laughs> It's like we just like, like we just like we just like fly over. That's good enough. Way too close to the coal for me. I'm a little bitch baby when it comes to the coal. Maybe, maybe yeah. Maybe it's a continent thing. I don't know. I'm just I was just curious. I don't know. I'm not putting you on the spot or anything. It's just kind of like or questioning fuck, or questioning career suicides. Uh, it's a really tour. it's a really short world tour. It's like, um, like dates in, in in Bakersfield and California and then like. In but I'm just like curious about Asia. what. What is the definition of a world yeah. tour? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We'll move on. Um, so the real reason for us having a bonus block this week is because if you listened to last week's episode, um, the Oscar nominations were announced um, a week and a half ago. Yeah. Um, so we have all of the nominations. Um, I'm sure you have a list or some kind of thing about things that were snubbed. Um, I don't have a list of things that are snubbed, but there's a few that I've been wanting to talk about. There's a small there's a small handful of ones that I want to talk about. Um, after that, depending on how long uh, this Oscar talk goes, um, I figure we can just talk about um, 
things we're looking forward to this year mm-hmm. uh, movies video games I'm thinking like, like snubs can probably wait till the next one yeah we could do that because I think that's a discussion in and of itself yeah that's fine like I said I'm I'm giving you the reins on this this is uh, this is your wheelhouse not okay, mine okay so, so this is officially become the Oscar block uh, right now and as we said we're gonna go over the Oscar nominations for 2016 honoring the films of 2015 and the early early part of 2016 um, to start off with best actor in a leading role uh, Eddie Redmayne nominated for the Danish girl he won last year for his portrayal of Stephen Hawking in uh, the theory of everything Michael Fassbender and Steve Jobs Brian Cranston and Trumbo the dark horse of the group he has a chance of winning he's a really good actor and he's one of my favorite actors out there right now I feel like he's very good at um, promoting himself to the public yeah. and to Oscar voters, I'm sure. I think also, I think it comes as a surprise too because no one expects Hal from Malcolm in the Middle and you know to transition himself to anything else. And but he transitioned himself to Breaking Bad and became widely noted for Breaking Bad. And then uh, you know has since moved on into films and has kind of found a niche where it's kind of like being taken as a very serious dramatic actor yeah um so he's nominated for trumbo uh and i can probably talk about that movie uh, a little bit after we talk about this um matt damon's been nominated for the martian matt damon's been chasing oscars for a while now since like invictus and on he's been kind of just chasing like that trying to like get in movies with that kind of vibe or that kind yeah. of you know to get uh, prestige to an oscar movie yeah and uh, finally, Leonardo DiCaprio as uh, Hugh Glass in The Revenant. Um, as also, he's been chasing that Oscar for a while now. I wanted. To, I was gonna say, and I know we're not talking predictions right now, but is this the year? I, I want to say so. I kind of hope it is for him. <laughs> because people have been saying, "Oh no, this is the year." Don't worry. For so many years now. Yeah. So. So, um, yeah. And sometimes it matters on the movie as well. You know, the movie that they're in. Um, You know, uh, Michael Fassbender is really great. And Steve Jobs, just the way he's able to deliver his lines with everybody else, which like Jeff Bridges and Katie Holmes and just, or like uh, Kate Winslet. Yeah. Yeah. uh, just kind of like turning regular conversation or like arguments into just like you know beat down bare knuckle fights almost um, with that kind of energy to it and uh, you know Brian Cranston just kind of always doing really well in whatever he does and Trumbo kind of being an important story for Hollywood and um, you know Dalton Trumbo was blacklisted by Hollywood during uh, the 1940s and 50s um, by Senator Joseph McCarthy um, during the McCarthy trials and stuff the whole like communist witch hunt that happened back then and you know he's been and he's written uh stuff like spartacus and uh roman holiday and he's won uh an academy award for screenplay writing for screenwriting uh when he was blacklisted um and you know essentially ruined almost ruined his life being uh uh you know, um, being blacklisted like that and being kind of shunned by everybody else, being thrown under the bus. Um, and it's a, a very important story for the history of Hollywood and for people to kind of realize that. So uh, he has a, he's a dark horse, which means he doesn't really have 
a big chance of winning, but there's still a small chance of him pulling off the upset. Yeah. Um, and Ed, Ed Redmayne, he, as I said, won for last year. Um, from what I've heard, The Danish Girl isn't that good of a movie, but his, I guess his performance is good enough to be nominated, I guess. Right. I don't know. I haven't seen it. Um, so, yeah. Uh, hoping, as a my prediction for this, Leonardo DiCaprio is going to win. Uh, but Brian Cranston can give the upset. Yeah. Um, and then moving on. Before to- you continue, um, let's just going to take a quick break here. I know it's kind of a weird place to stop. Break time, that time. Um, but yeah, let's going to take a quick break before we uh, dive in any further. Uh, so we'll be back in uh, just, uh, just a couple minutes, you guys. All right. And we're back. And so we're back. Um, Took a quick break just to make sure that uh, we're coming through live and clear into your ear holes. So, um, Joey, when we when we last left off, we had just finished naming the Oscar nominations for best actor. For best actor. And also now my short prediction. Right. But now we're moving on. Moving on to Best the picture. next category, which is... Best picture. Yeah, you, you jumped the gun a little bit. I don't care. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> this is the reason why the last like award show thing we did sounded so horrible, Johnny. I know. because I have I, no I, timing. I want to do another one of those. That'd be cool. I would love to do another one. Um, maybe we'll do that for our prediction show and have a fun little... So should I refrain from my further predictions? For no, we can do predict. We can do small... Wait, wait, we'll do the post-show like that then. Yeah. Um... But Best Picture, Jared. Okay. Uh, what's nominated for Best Picture? So Best Picture nominated Bridges Prize. Bridges Prize. Bridges Prize. You know, it's like the, the founding of Sprite. And, you yeah. Uh, uh, Bridges Spies. <laughs> um, Steven Spielberg. Marcy e, like Mark E. Platt. And uh, Chrissy McCosco. And a few others. Um, nominated for that, uh, Mad Max, Fury Road, George Miller, Doug Mitchell, uh, The Revenant, Alejandro Gonzalez, Inuritu, uh, Steve Golan, and our whoever. You can just take the cop out I took last week and just say yeah. his last name. Inuritu. <laughs> um, Spotlight, uh, Steve Golan, Michael Sugar, uh, Bly Pagan Faust, and a few others. Um, the Martian, Ridley Scott, Simon Kinberg, uh, Michael Schaefer, a few others. Uh, the Big Short, uh, Brad Pitt, Dee Dee Gardner, J- um, and Jeremy Kleiner, uh, Room, Ed Guiney, and Brooklyn, Amanda Posey, and Vanola Dwyer. Uh, so I've seen British Spies, Mad Max Fury Road, and The Revenant, and The Martian. So just a quick um, insight before uh, we talk about this anymore. Um there's a total of eight films, right, for yes. Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Um, out of a ten, possible total of ten. And um, the only reason I note this is because that was recently changed. It wasn't ten before. Um, but because, it was five. But because of the snub of, was it The Dark Knight? The Dark Knight. Everybody kind of freaked out, and they changed and that from five to ten. Been, I mean, this isn't the first time where it's been changed. It, at one point, it was five, and another point, it was ten, then five, then ten. It's been, it, it happens every wanted, so often. I just, I just wanted to say that, um, say that, and, and mention the fact that only eight were chosen, even though a total of ten could have been chosen. Yeah, ten possible, but they only chose eight. And it happened last year. They only had, like, they had the same amount, I think, for last year, but they didn't have 
the full 10 nominated. Yeah. Um, you know, which they could easily throw in like two other, you know, movies in here that should, that probably should have been on here. Just so, just so they could get nods. Yeah, just so, much. I mean, like, token nods that happens a whole bunch, yeah. you know, in this. Uh, but let's see, Bridge of Spies uh, was one of my favorite movies of the year, of uh, 2015. I loved it. Um, you know, yeah, I loved it. You know, it's it, it was just a good Spielberg prestige flick. Yeah. Um, and pretty much the main thing it has going for it is Spielberg. You know, his name being behind it would be like the biggest uh, factor in it being nominated and it have it have any possibility of winning. Um, the big surprise out of all of this, in my opinion, is Mad Max Fury Road. Mad Max Fury Road was an amazing movie. It was. Honestly, kind of like a huge feat in yeah. movie making, but fan favorite, uh, a big fan sure. favorite. But it's it's surprising to see this kind of movie with this level of action and this level of kind of some kind of like brutality to it get nominated for best picture. Well, yeah, I think it's a, it's a big surprise. It says something about um, about the Oscars, right? The Oscars have never been. Um, never been one these, of these, these big action movies. They've never really gone for that. It's always been for the serious tone, um, emotional movies, and yeah, biopics, like yeah. or um, like largely dramatic stuff. You know, and something, something like like um, like Star Wars would never get. Uh, I think something New like Hope the, was nominated for something Best like Picture. The Force Awakens. Let me rephrase that. Probably wouldn't get nominated just because it's usually not it's such what a money making machine. It's not what Oscar like, like they did. They don't like, really look blockbusters. For, right. they, they, they don't really go for like blockbusters. And like you know, Star Wars is a blockbuster. Yeah, and they they really don't. They kind of like. This is kind of one. Throw those really, out. I feel like the Oscars is a way for Hollywood to be like, these are the movies that nobody really saw, but we want to give them credit because they are great movies. Yeah, because there, there's definitely a difference between the prestige pictures and the blockbusters. Right. The blockbusters, obviously, you get you know the amount of, you get the money, you draw people in, whereas you, you know uh, the Oscars are kind of more. Art housey, but not really going to the art house. Which is really weird that Mad Max is here, right? Because yeah. Mad Max is was meant to be a blockbuster style movie, kind, you know? kind of a blockbuster. But also, it was just like it's just like such a feat. I think that's the main reason why it's here is because like the fact that George Miller resurrected his own series from the dead, almost, and also he kind of just uh, he just pulled off something like this is nuts really i mean like a lot of this is practical effect yeah so you have these real cars running into each other you have these real cars spouting fire and people hanging off of them not to mention all of the stuff behind the scenes like the fact that where they were filming it was raining so they had to move somewhere else this has been a movie that's been like in the works for years Mm -hmm. since 2010 yeah so I, I I wonder if that has something to do why it was uh, nominated. Maybe like they're, Boyhood, they're just kind of like one of those recognition kind of a things. Like Boyhood was nominated because it took like you know ten years to make. Yeah, but I'll probably get some hate for this if anyone's actually listening. Hold on, I don't know what's broken. 
Um, I didn't like Boyhood. So you can forward your uh, hate to the comment section, or yeah, you come can at send, me. You can send us an email at uh, in the menus podcast at gmail.com. I mean, like a movie like Boyhood, where you're using the same characters for a course of ten years to make a movie. Okay, that's cool, I guess, but it's not overly difficult. There may be some scheduling errors. But other than that, you already have them on a contract where they have to make this fucking movie over this course of time, and they have to agree to your specifications. But a movie like this, like Mad Max Fury Road, where you just have an insane setting, these insane stunts being pulled off, and just, like, the, like some crazy-ass fucking storytelling, too. I mean, it's not crazy, but just, like... In and of itself, the way they tell it and the way they, they the way they just show it on screen, yeah. You know, over a course of four years, this in my mind would yeah. This I, I see why this is nominated, but also it's kind of surprised that it's nominated because it's more actiony than anything, and it's surprised that it's here. Um, I hope it wins. In all honesty, yeah, it'd be uh, it'd be really cool to see it wins because if it wins, then that means this is gonna be a big change up in the way Oscar voters think. Yeah. And that's the main thing I'm hoping for. Change um, is never a bad thing, Joey. Change is never a bad thing. It can be scary, but I think that would be a good change for the better. Yeah. In my opinion. Um, At the very least, the fact that it's nominated says something, right? I think it says Maybe something. Maybe we're, we're on the cusp of like a, a change. major change in the way these things are done. And to be honest, um, I think it's something that needs to be done. I yeah. assume that Oscar viewership is down in recent years. Oh, it's I always frankly, been down. You know, but it, it's one of those things where young people don't really care to watch the Oscars. None of the movies that they yeah. really care about are nominated or can win. Yeah. So why would they I think and like Mad them? Max is definitely one of those movies that almost everybody cares about. Yeah. And seeing it nominated really kind of put some hope in, in me to kind of hopefully things change a little bit. Um, the Revenant, as I said, I just saw it not too long ago. Makes sense. I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, that one has more of a chance of winning. That's the kind of film they typically go for. But also, it, it's not that bad of a choice because no. while it does focus on Leonardo DiCaprio, it also has a, um, a good, meaty, prominent role for Native American actors that you probably wouldn't see otherwise. And it's not like a horrible parody of what Native Americans are, like fucking like Dancing with Wolves or some bullshit like that, where you know the white man has to come in and save the fucking day. Um, this is purely a revenge story, and you know the entire time, you know, you know our main characters being you know hunted down by a tribe of Native Americans, and it, it's it's nice for me to see it because I don't I hardly ever see you know Native Americans in movies, yeah, you know, and um, you have to really look for it um, in order to, in order to find it. So, I think if that wins as well, I kind of feel like it's also, it's not a big of a step in the right direction, but it's a good step in the right direction. Baby steps. Baby steps. At least it's a step. Um, Spotlight. Um, For those who don't know, Spotlight is uh, a movie about... and I think it was the late 90s, early 2000s when uh, the whole, you know, sex scandal with the Catholic Church and, you know, the altar boys and all that other, you know, horrible shit happened. Um, it's all about the 
the people at the Boston Globe, I think, yeah. um, exposing that. Um, and it's all about their story and all that other fun stuff about getting it into the press and just kind of being stand-up people. And uh, it, I think it's mostly there because, well... I think it's because of the content of the story. It screams Oscar bait. Yeah. But also, I heard it's not bad. I heard it's pretty good. I haven't actually went had a chance to go see it yet. Um, the Martian, very meaty, dramatic role, and is ca- pretty much carried on the back of Matt Damon. I mean, they, they yeah. show other characters on Earth and all that other stuff, but it's mostly Matt Damon. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like a solo film for yeah. the most part. He's acting against himself. Yeah, and that is kind of going to also kind of edge him in the best actor category a little bit, but it, he probably still won't win that. Um, and The Martian, probably not going to win, but it does have a big name behind it. Ridley Scott is behind it. You know, he's the man behind the camera. He's one of the main producers, so he has a big chance. That, that's his main chance of winning Best Picture. Um, the Big Short, uh, the latest film from Adam McKay. If you don't know who Adam McKay is, which I'm kind of bummed he's not going to be nominated for Best Director. No. But Adam McKay... Like we, we can talk about snubs, yeah. you know, like a couple they, weeks from yeah. now. But, but like, yeah, as I said, snubs are a big fucking conversation yeah. themselves. Um, you know, from you know the guy who's directed Talladega Nights, the guy who's directed the other Brothers. guys. It's just pretty Step much Brothers. like all these like comedy movies that these Will Ferrell comedy movies that are nuts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, the Big Short is about the the housing market, the housing bubble, um, the housing market collapse that happened just. Like recently, recently, like seven years ago, yeah. Um, when all that shit went down, and about the people who bet against the market and became fucking rich as hell off of it, and uh, I think another reason why this is nominated is because well, like Christian Bale, Ryan Gosling are in yeah. it, and they're kind of like acting their asses off in it uh, for the most part, despite the fact that I heard uh, Christian Bale was kind of underutilized, but also because. It's a movie about really serious subject matter that manages itself to be funny in a way, but not like overtly, you know, like in the typical like Will Ferrell manchild yeah. style of comedy. But also because it comes from a very unlikely source of Adam McKay. Um, and to see someone grow and develop like that, or and to see this kind of be turned out like that, I think is what gives it that prestige factor. Yeah. Um, it's uh, one of those things where it's like, look at all these other things I've done, and then look. And at now this. look at this. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Um, Room uh, is essentially Tommy Wiseau's film. Tommy Wiseau's film, best picture. <laughs> best oh picture my god, guys, it's great. <laughs> um, people are throwing spoons at the, at the screen. It's great. The whole thing. Um, so, Room is about. Uh, a girl, seventeen-year-old girl, who's been kidnapped and placed in a room where. Repeatedly raped and a bunch of other fucking torturous shit happens to her. She has a son um, from that experience, and uh, essentially they escape from the room. And it's about them readjusting to uh, society um, again uh, after being put put in that room for so long um, for like five years. Yeah, and it's also another one of those things where it's like heavily. Uh, carried by Brie Larson um, and you know Oscar bait type of film um, not really something you would see make a bunch of money um, 
but the performances are really strong in this is from what I've heard I haven't had a chance to see it yeah um, and I'm assuming it's nominated because of those performances because of the really strong performances and also the heavy subject matter that it comes with and also being able to portray um, going back into a society that you've been a part of been away from for so long right and lastly, Brooklyn, Amanda Posey, um, Fanola Dwyer. I don't really know anything about this movie. I haven't heard anything about it, and I haven't seen it, and I have no idea what it's about. So I can only imagine the reason why uh, this is nominated. It's probably if it's the, uh, I would say if it's produced by the Weinstein brothers, but it's not. Um, or at least I don't think it is. It's probably there because of the Weinsteins, but as I said, it's probably not from them, so I don't know the reason why it's even there in the first place. Um, moving on, Best Actress. Uh, Brie Larson for Room. Uh, Charlotte Rampling for 45 Years. Kate Blanchett for Carol. Uh, Sir Rosie Ronan uh, for Brooklyn. And Jennifer Lawrence for Joy. Heavy favorite in this is Brie Larson. Um, Brie Larson apparently pulls out all the stops and has been really good in this movie, supposedly. So, Well, yeah. being in any movie where you have to carry that film on your own. Yeah, especially because like, like, it's like the first half of the is, movie, at is, least. You know, that takes chops, mm-hmm. for sure. It, you know, with with so many things, you have someone else's energy to match on, on screen. I want to say on stage, but, you know, on screen and... One person's energy can feed into your energy, which can feed into them. Yeah. It's kind of like this, you know, thing that can really help. But when you're acting against nothing or acting against yourself, it's really easy to turn in a bad performance. Yeah. But if she's really pulling in all the stops, yeah. by all means. Yeah. So she's she's the heavy favorite for, for this year. Um, Jennifer Lawrence, the only way she can really win is based off her name. But I highly doubt that's going to happen this year. I don't think that works at the Oscars. Yeah, I don't really think Not it works so either. Um, but she's won enough by now. She's been nominated like three fucking times. Has won twice. She's yeah. fine. Um, best original song. We'll skip that. Um, okay, best animated feature. Shaun the Sheep. Uh, Animal Lisa. Inside Out. Boy in the World. And When Marnie Was There. Um, so... Uh, Sean the Sheep um, is from the same guys who've done uh, Wallace and Gromit. Gromit. Um, Which, with this getting so much buzz, I ask myself, like, is it because it's good? Yeah. Or is it just because animated films tend not to, there tend not to be that much to pick from? There's never that much to pick from. So, I usually think it's like, okay, these are the ones that are out. These are the, this, these are the ones that made this much money. So yeah. let's put them in. Which kind of makes me sad because I think the Peanuts movie probably should have been in there too because that was that did all right. Yeah. Pretty well too. So um, now the main favorite going into this obviously is Inside Out. Yep. Um, Disney Pixar owns this category. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. They bought and paid for this. This is their category. They win almost every single time they have a movie out. Plus, I think this is um, this is good. Just I, it, it's it'll probably be Inside Out. Yeah, uh, we'll throw our predictions out right now for that. Yeah, one. Annalisa, um, like, but Lisa though. Yeah, is a strong contender because they it's trying to elevate 
animation outside of just kid-friendly stuff. Yeah. And I kind of hope Annalisa wins because then maybe animation would be taken seriously here in the United States and be more than just, you know, uh, you know, kid stuff. Yeah. Um, I would say I just don't think it, it'll happen. And the only reason I say that is just because... If this were a year where Disney and, uh, Disney was putting out a sequel, yeah, yeah, for sure. But because having this like new IP come out that is so strong, it just makes it that much harder to compete. You know? Yeah. Um, that being said, yeah, I mean, it would definitely not be a yeah. bad thing. Yeah, it, it wouldn't it, be a bad it, thing. Yeah, so. Um, but you know, as I said, you know, Inside Out, Disney Pixar, it's uh, probably going to happen either way. Um, when Marnie was there, that's the latest movie from Ghibli, I think. Yeah. And uh, you know, Miyazaki retired a while ago. Was it he retired or did he pass away? I think he retired. Okay. I can't even tell anymore sometimes. Um, so, you know, uh, it has it has some prestige going for it, but it's more than likely not going to win. His movies never usually win yeah. um, that category, which is kind of a bummer. Um, best Supporting Actor, Mark Ruffalo in Spotlight, Sylvester Stallone for Creed, Tom Hardy in The Revenant, uh, Mark Reliance in Bridge of Spies, and Christian Bale, The Big Short. Is there any more of that? No, that's it. Okay. Um, yeah. It's a good... Uh, I think it's worth mentioning um, what Stallone's one of uh, just a few actors that's been um, nominated for an Oscar for the same character. Yeah. Um, like, the last time he was, like, this close to Oscar was with uh, the first Rocky, I think. Yeah. Maybe Rocky too. I'm not sure, but he like he has won so many Razzies um, um, throughout his career, and you know it's kind of uh, strange to see yeah. him nominated. But you know whatever. Uh, Mark Ruffalo has been nominated so many times <clears throat> for an Academy Award. Uh, before this, I kind of want him. I really want him to win, um, but it's probably going to go to Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy's performance was very, very strong in The Revenant, and also the fact that he just kind of pull out all the stops. And he's a chameleon; he can just get into that role, and you just yeah. lose him in it. And more than likely, it's going to be him because he's not nominated for uh, anything for Mad Max. Uh, that can only just boost his chances um, to win for that. And so my money is probably on Tom Hardy. Yeah. Um, best Supporting Actress, Rachel McAdams in Spotlight, Rooney Mara and Carol, Jennifer Jason Lee, The Hateful Eight, Kate Winslet and Steve Jobs, and Alicia Vikander in The Danish Girl. Uh, it's between Winslet and J- Jennifer Jason Lee. Uh, both of them put out really strong performances and they're most notable of all of them. Like most, like yeah. it's most notable in, uh, in the eye of the public. So, and more than likely it's going to be Jennifer Jason Lee. They, the Tarantino movies always get this best supporting role Oscars, you know, yeah, it happened twice before with Inglorious Bastards and, uh, Django. So, you know, probably have them with this one too. Um, best original screenplay, 
Bridge of Spies by Joel and Ethan Cohen and Matt Charman. Uh, Spotlight by Tom McCarthy and Josh Singer. Ex Machina by Alex Garland. Inside Out by Pete Doctor, uh, Ronnie Della Carmen, and uh, Josh Cooley, and maybe some others. And Straight Out Compton, Jonathan Herman, Andrea Burloff, S. Leah Saved, and some others. Um, I don't know on this one, really. Uh, Bridge of Spies has a lot going for it. Joel and Ethan Cohen are powerhouses in the writing, uh, in the screenwriting world. Um, they're just that good. Yeah. Uh, Ex Machina. Um, Alex Garland has written several movies, and this was his first directing debut. Um, that has a really strong chance because that screenplay was fantastic. Um, Inside Out and Straight Outta Compton, maybe. I don't know. Um, as far as I know. Uh, I think there's only been a few movies that have won best uh, original screenplay that have been animated flicks. I think it was like Shrek was the last one. Yeah. Um, so it's never really like, uh, you know, it has a lot going for it. It's one of those things where I feel like they're like, you guys already have like animated film. Why do you guys want to be in any other categories? Yeah, pretty much. So, um, it, also, I mean, like, uh, I haven't seen Inside Out. I'm just, like, from the way it, like, makes people cry, maybe the way it made you cry, or at least the way you talk about the way it made you cry, it's got to be, it's gotta I'll be cry, some... I'll cry thinking about it right now. It, it's got to be some good writing, at the very least. Um, hold on one second. Okay. And uh, moving on from that, um, best... Director George Miller for Mad Max Fury Road, Adam McKay for The Big Short. And he, Adam McKay did, he get, did get nominated. I thought he didn't there for a second. Um, Lenny Arvinson uh, for Room, Alejandro Gonzalez and Aritu for The Revenant, and Tom McCarthy uh, for Spotlight. Uh, that one's actually kind of a kind of a bit easier, really. Um, Enery to more than likely end up getting it. Um, he's coming hot off of the um, of a Birdman, and also just the Remnant was just kind of a bit of a feat, you know, in and of itself. But also George Miller though pulling off uh, Mad Max and at his age, I feel at like his age, it's one of those things where gotta show respect. Yeah, right? so you know it, it, it's just strange, but also Adam McKay just changing it up and just really putting himself out there in a very different light and just yeah. um, it's just kind of uh, boggling in, in a way so in my mind is a toss up between those three but more than likely Enery 2 will probably win more than anything and but I kind of like, if anything I really want it to be between, between George Miller and Adam McKay yeah I think if Adam McKay wins it's just an acknowledgement that you know a director known for mostly comedies can probably just you know switch it up and you know be very at the very least it shows that he has the chops to do it yeah and like not as a token gesture but also because the fact that you know he's able to pull this off yeah he's able to pull off a procedure he's able to pull off being different you know and that's a good thing also george miller though winning for that would also be a good step in, in, in the right direction because it's just you can't like count out a guy who's willing to just push it just yeah. push the envelope you can't count out the whole horse in the race yeah pretty much and moving on um 
to let's see what else we got best animated no not best animated best uh, writing adapted screenplay uh, The Martian Drew Goddard The Big Short Adam McKay Charles Randolph Room Emma Donahue Carol Phyllis Nagy and Brooklyn Nick Hornby now that one that one's always a bit of a weird toss up because sometimes you never really know uh, how the public's going to really, well, how the voters are really going to react to that. Sometimes it matters on whether or not what book they read or they haven't read. Um, but it's coming, but The Martian more than likely is going to win that. Uh, it's coming off a bigger name book and a more well known, bigger name, more well known book, and people, and it just seems to be more resonant right now yeah. than the other uh, movies it's up against. So. Um, other than that, I think that takes care of the major, the major awards for 2016. There's yeah. the smaller ones, the technical awards, and all the other shit. So all the below the line stuff, the the, the ones that are taken care of, like the in the first, like 15 minutes, you know, um, that are take care take care of outside of the Oscars somewhere else. Um, so yeah, all the small stuff that nobody cares about. All, like, all, all the small stuff, not that nobody cares about, but uh, so those are all the major nominations with my small predictions kind of shoveled in there as well. Um, so Johnny, out of the movies that have been nominated, let's say just for best picture, what do you think of them? I don't know. There's still plenty of movies uh, in the uh, best picture category that I uh, need to see. Hopefully, I will make the time to see them within the next couple weeks or so. Um, but like you said, I'd really like to see um, Mad Max win that, yeah. just because I would like to start seeing that change. Mm-hmm. Because the Oscars for so long, and yeah, it should be a testament to you know achievements in film. But yeah. just because your movie is set up like a blockbuster doesn't mean that it can't be you know a feat of excellence pretty much so i would like to see that win just so we can start seeing some change yeah you know just so we're not exclusively limited to artsy fartsy films yeah but also it was actually just a really good movie yeah and that that being said yeah it's a great movie um and you know it's just it's, it's only as we said it's only surprising because a movie that's kind of centered around action like this and like with such kind of different kind of intensity is normally never really exemplified like this so so now we were talking about change you know with you know Adam McKay being nominated yeah with uh, you know Mad Max being nominated um, now we're about to open a big can of worms right now. Big old can of worms. So there's a hashtag trending at the moment called uh, I don't know if it's, so I don't know if it's still trending, but yeah, as soon as these nominations were announced, um, they were definitely trending. Yeah. So Oscars So White is a big backlash from what's been nominated right now. Um, and... Uh, essentially, everyone's bitching and moaning about uh, everyone being nominated is all white. Now, Johnny, I'm not sure how you feel about this, but I've kind of made it clear that I think that in of itself is total bullshit. I honestly think that it will, if they were good enough, they'd be nominated. I've always held that in my heart, really. Right. But... That's not apart from saying that there's some mistakes. 
or that there's just like not enough movies that are good enough to be nominated or that there's a bunch of other factors in this as well or even that the voters are out of touch it's just that in my opinion if you're going to piss and moan about something you need to change it and the way you change it with this is you create right you make something so outstanding or so great that it should have been nominated or that it, that it's nominated that and cannot be ignored that that makes sense i understand that um my biggest issue with this whole thing is um a couple years ago they came out with a percentage of uh, the voters mm-hmm. uh, and something like 75% of the people who vote for the Oscars are old white men. Yeah. So that's a problem yeah. because a whole bunch of old white guys aren't going to want to give the time to watch something like um, straight out of Compton. Yeah. Um, whether whether or not that's an amazing movie or not, whether it is or it isn't, that's not the matter of question. Yeah. But these old white men are probably going to be more likely to watch a movie with some white guy than a movie with some colored fellow. Mm-hmm. Their words, not mine. Yeah. Um, Actually, you know what? It's, it's um, the people who are pissing them on about this. I mean, you, you, you've you seen them use the term people of color, right? And yeah. but I'm It's just, the exact same thing. I'm just, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, and with something like a director, not that big of a deal, right? Because, I mean... Um, you, don't, you don't see them in the public eye as much. Yeah, so it's not going to be one of those things where the director doesn't come out in front of the camera before the movie. This is the movie I'm yeah. making. So... Um, it's one of those things where, and another thing I've heard is a lot of these people who are voters haven't made anything in a while. There's a lot of old voters who just made something 30, 40 years ago, yeah. haven't made anything since, retired, but they're still voting. Yeah. Um, that's another issue. You say these creators need to create. Yeah, but the people who aren't creating anymore, there should be some kind of way to phase them out you know yeah there there should be but also a lot of these voters don't even watch the movies that are nominated which also makes me think that's a whole nother issue right yeah but it's also kind of akin to the same thing because if they don't watch what's nominated and they end up voting for a movie and then that movie wins or whatever and doesn't necessarily mean that it was the best movie. I mean, I can look back on like 12 Years a Slave. 12 Years a Slave was nominated. It didn't win any other Oscar. Anything at all. It won Best Picture. Why? Could that be the reason? It can possibly be that reason. White guilt. That's like, but that, that was the main thing I thought. It was like it was white guilt. Because I feel like I've, I've this heard when people talk about, race, about race this, this Oscar so white thing is they say um, the only time you see anybody of color nominated or any movie that has colored people in it is just if it's white guilt. If it's a movie yeah. that makes them feel guilty, they will vote for it. Yeah, and like, I mean, which, like which, Selma, which had this movie that was very flawed. It wasn't that good of a movie, and also historically flawed. And yet, that was nominated for some stuff as well, and it got 
best song, but it was nominated for like a bunch of other stuff, like best picture. Right. You have to wonder, did they actually really watch that? And then like that in and of itself is more insulting because they didn't actually watch your movie. They just nominated it and they just voted for it because they felt they had to. Yeah. I mean, like the way people are making these arguments sound is that they just want recognition because they're black and I don't, or because I don't they're not white. That's the issue. That's the way it's making that's the way they're making I it sound think though. The, I don't that's not what we're arguing. We're arguing whether there should be some kind of change in order to make the Oscars more diverse. Yeah. Well, because Okay. All these people, all these super old white people sticking around in Hollywood, say in the 50s, 60s, making their names, doing their whole thing. You don't have any older colored people in that time because they wouldn't even let them into Hollywood. So now that within now that in the last, you know, number of years, that's changing. We have uh, colored directors, colored actors. um, And I'm using that term just as a umbrella term not in any way kind of a signifying one group yeah. or the other I mean, we're um, getting black directors non, and non, directors here non-white yeah if you want to put it that way latino um, directors black directors whatever that's been a resurgence maybe in the last 20 years yeah but they haven't had the 60 years of time yeah. to catch up so see the way this is going to end up working out is that you know sooner or later it's going to get cycled in, out with more progressive in, thinking. In people. twenty years, that'll be the yeah. that'll be the thing. But when we get the same type of movies being nominated, when that happens, though, and we're going to be wondering where we're at, that's I guess like I, I, I get what what you're arguing for is the, the like the voters need to change, and I've always believed that the voters need to change. It's 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 not a question of if; it's a question of Look, when and how. If the movie is shit, the movie is shit. Mm-hmm. There's no arguing with that. And whether you put, um, if it was a white guy doing the same shitty performance, it doesn't matter. It's still going to be a shitty movie. Yeah. But I feel like another issue is because of these voters, maybe they won't give something, like I said, straight out of Compton, even the time of day, because they don't give two fucks about straight out of Compton, and they'd rather just look at their ballot, tag off whatever they're going to tag off, and, you know, yeah. send it off. So... I think there needs. I think this is more so of an issue. We just need to change in the voters. We need a way to phase out those old voters who haven't done anything yeah. but are still voting. I think that's that would be the issue that would fix all of this. I think that's pretty much the crux of it. Because, like I said, we can sit here and argue whether, um, you know, uh, what's the director of Creed Coogler? I think. Um, yeah, he's an up and coming. Uh, he he black just got director. signed on to do Black Panther. Yeah, and that movie, you know, is going to print money once it comes. Yeah, out. but you know, we have these people that are coming up, but we need. Uh, I don't know. We just need a changing of the guard. In my I think, opinion, I think because once that happens once we have that changing of the guard, I think a lot of things will fall into place, and then at that point, you can't argue that it's just you know. All these crazy old white people saying this or that. That's my problem, though. It's like it's like like 
is the people, I guess like my main problem with the hashtag in general is just the people who are circulating it because I have a feeling that I'm assuming that most of the people who are circulating this aren't big old movie buffs. They're not part of the movie industry. That's what they're just people. They're just civilians. I mean, I wouldn't consider us a part of the movie industry at all, but I would say we have more of a knowledge than if we pick some random person at the mall and, you know, ask them this or that. They might. It's like, it's just like the people who are mad about it are only mad about it because they're told to be mad about it. And, you know, that, that, that's what, that, that's what I'm, that's the feeling I get. And I feel like this detracts so much from the movies that are nominated because you cannot deny that these movies are good. It's like people are trying to say that because there's, these movies are not diverse or any, any fucking thing of, of the sort is, you know, they're immediately just not good movies or they're not, you know, great movies. And, but I feel that once these voters are gone and we have like people who think more openly and we start getting you know uh, movies with you know more daring subject matter or you know movies that are willing to push boundaries a little bit more and have there's like it's, it still has to be merit based I think what people are complaining about right now is like they don't want it to be merit based in a way they they just want it they they want to just have it because there's you know an ethnic group behind it in a way it's and like I mean, people who are calling for straight Compton to be nominated like um it was a good movie i'm not gonna lie it was a good movie it's just that was it that great no it wasn't that great and because people were saying, "Why isn't Straight Outta nominated?" It's like, "Why do you Why do you want it to be nominated in the first place? Have you seen it? It's not the kind of movie to be nominated." And you can make an argument for Mad Max, yeah. But Mad Max was such a feat to be made in the first place, and it was such a difficult movie to be made in the first place. Whereas Straight Outta Compton, people just threw money at it. The main people are still alive: Dr. Dre and Ice Cube. And they just threw money at it and had it produced. Yeah. And that leads to some bias in the movie. And also it takes away from the movie's quality. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not People sitting here, about that. I'm not sitting here arguing straight out of Compton needs to be. No, I'm just using that as an example. Right. I understand. I'm just saying, um, I think this all stems from the voters. Yeah. I think that's the main thing it comes from. And the thing is, um, yeah, the Oscars are this big deal, and 20 years from now, it, it'll be a lot different. I promise you that. Yeah, I'm, I'm um, hoping it's different. But right now, for popular choice, I mean, there are other award shows where you, as a non-creative, as a non-creator, should I say, not creative, um, can vote. And, you know, there's plenty of, like, people's choice stuff and yeah. other things where... The public has a bigger. I'm guaranteeing you, opinion. people's choice is going to vote for Mad Max. Right. So um, that's what I'm trying to say. This is um, this is a committee of create of creators, new and old, that are voting for these movies. Um, if you really want to change something about it, go be a creator. Yeah. Um, I think that's the main thing I'm also mad about. Yes. If you want to change something, you have to be a part of it. And the only way to be a part of this is if you create. And I mean, it's a hard business to get into, 
but there's ways in. Yeah. There's always ways in. Even if it takes you years. If you're that passionate about it, you shouldn't. Yeah, if, it, if, it's, if it's something term, that you really feel drive. strong about, you can do it. Yeah. And yeah, like I said, I'm reiterating this point a number of times. Thoughts are stacked against you right now. Mm-hmm. The times are changing, and the age of the people who are more open-minded is coming into fruition as the age of more closed-mindedness of before is getting phased out. Yes. So, um, yeah, you can sit here and hashtag uh, Oscar's so white. That's not going to change um, anything. It really won't. Um, unless the people who are hashtagging Oscars are so white, unless they go and kill all these old white oh, Oscar <laughs> voters, it's not gonna happen. nothing's going to change. Um, I think, yeah, I think there's stuff that the Oscars could do. Like I said, if they yeah. implemented some kind of um, way to phase out older Yeah, once uh, you voters. hit a certain limit or something. Uh, once you do that, if it's been X amount of years since you've yeah. been relevant, um, I think whether that be directing, with- producing, whatever it is, if you've had, like, you know, X amount of years that you haven't done anything. Maybe, like, I don't know, like yeah, 10 exactly. years, 5, 10 years. If you haven't done or, anything in so many years, you're done. You're out. Yeah, of, you should. You, you're out you're, of voting. Yeah, your voting should be out. Um, and that keeps the Oscar voters fresh as opposed to just having all these old, mm-hmm. old people just pretty much making decisions for an audience that they're kind of out of touch with at the moment. Yeah. I mean, like, there's definitely been movies where I think... It's weird, because it's one of the things where it's like, I don't want to get political, but it's the same thing with politics, right? Yeah. It's just like all these um, old people that aren't in touch with what today's society might want. Exactly. And the only way you can change that is by doing something in... in in politics, is a little easier. It's you putting out your vote, but at the same time, it's a also lot more those young. When it comes to that, but yeah, young those young people also taking those steps to becoming senators and representatives and all this other stuff, right? So yeah. it's, it's just one of those things where sitting on the internet and sending a tweet out that says this isn't going to change anything. Yeah, you got to work for it, and I'm sure a lot of. I'm sure the other 25% of those Oscar voters, um, they probably feel the same way. A lot of them, I'm assuming, are in the younger generation or closer to the younger generation than the older generation to kind of, you know. I think probably the laziness behind that hashtag is what really got me. The angriest that I could really think You're of. A little simmered down now. Because I mean, like a little bit now that we've talked. A about little it. bit is because, like, because I, I, if anything, I want someone to explain to me what that what they think that hashtag would do. Because in a sane person's mind, they they know it's not going to do anything. It's just it's one of those things where the Oscars has their own way of doing things. The Oscars, like I said, if this were the People's Choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fucking doing that kind of hashtag is going to change something because uh, that shit can be changed, yeah. right? But it's like with the Oscars, it's it's not for everybody. Yeah. It's not for the general public. Really, the Oscars is just for um, Hollywood. Yeah, 
and it's a Hollywood circle jerk. That's all it's yeah. ever been. And I mean, I, I I enjoy it. I think it's just I love the display and I love the showing, and I just love movies. You know, and and everyone who loves movies and they like who hasn't imagined themselves there at one point, right? You know, it's just that. It's just I can't. I think it's also kind of a generational thing. The way people think that hashtag is going to do something, or the way they think that, and pissing and moaning about it, and then spouting off opinions of or saying some things that should happen without knowing the full story behind it, or without knowing anything about the movie that they're talking about, is you know that, and then you know just trying to pass themselves off as being knowledgeable about it or just yeah. anything like that and then just expecting something to happen I guess is what pisses me off it's the, it's yeah, the but righteous it, indignation it's one of those them. things where it's like yeah the Oscars don't work that way yeah, and it doesn't matter if the whole world tweeted mm-hmm. Oscar so white it's not going to change their nominations for the year no. it's not going to maybe next year it might push a director who this year is like oh well, that that's true. Maybe I should throw my hat. Yeah. Maybe you know. I should try and change it. Yeah. So if anything, yeah, you, you could be sending out an inspirational message for next year or the year after that mm-hmm. or 10 years from now. Someone might be like, yeah, I remember seeing this hashtag and recognizing, yeah, we are underrepresented in Hollywood. So I need yeah. to do something about it. But putting that hashtag up isn't going to change shit anything, especially not for this year. No. So be an advocate for change, you guys. Be a creator. That would be the most productive thing you could do. Instead of sitting behind your computer on Twitter and just pissing and moaning. Just actually do something. Yeah. 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 So I think we can agree. Um, let's phase out old old voters. Yeah. Let's redo the way we vote for Oscars. I think that'd be an important step. I think, I think that's the only step. Really. And maybe, you know, maybe the people who run the Oscars, maybe they'll see this hashtag and do something about that. Yep. You know, if any, if that's the result of this, then that's nothing but good. Yeah. Even though, like, look... You're, you're competing with people. Like your hashtag is competing against people who make money. Yeah. Who their job is to print money for their company. And, and if they the, don't do that, then they're out of a job. I think the way they see it is if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. And then that, that's, that's the mentality that's got us to this point. Yeah. I mean... I like but maybe, smaller. That's the reason why I like smaller studios, smaller movies that are trying to push boundaries. But maybe something, different. something like this hashtag, can be that first step to having someone change something. Um, I don't think it would ever see see this. Sow the seeds of the future. Because like, like no, you see when when people piss and moan about it, like they see money signs and that hey if we keep doing this and they keep complaining about it they're gonna end up going to go see it maybe you know whereas if they say they want something and then you invest all this money into the what they say they want and then it doesn't turn out never gonna happen again i'm not saying they need to invest money into anything i'm no, not that, saying they need the to invest money in in more 
you know, films that have non-white actors or fun movies. I mean, like, we have, like this, this whole year, though, like everything should this be a whole testament year is a, of your skill. Yeah, this whole year, though, kind of exemplifies that because Straight Outta Compton made bang. They it made it printed fucking money. Tell me this, Jay. How much money would it be to change the rules for votes in the Oscars? How much money realistically would that take? Like for just prestige pictures or for any movie in general hmm. to change the way we vote for the Oscars to have some kind of to have a group of people sit down and come down with the new set of rules. Like that's not something that like a studio needs. To it would have to be. That's the, not like something that would take millions and millions of dollars to do. Right. So it would have to be a prestige picture in order to do it. And it would have to make American Sniper level money. American Sniper has been the highest-grossing Oscar-nominated film of of recent memory of anything really. If it made that amount, because it made seven hundred seventy million dollars or something along those lines, and that is record-breaking for a movie that's nominated for an Oscar. That is money that is usually brought in by kind of tent Polish, not tent Polish movies, but like higher-budget movies. Right. If you do something like that with a character with a lead character that is not white, and doesn't matter who directs it. Doesn't look, matter look, who I'm not. It. I'm not even talking about movies. I'm talking about what it would take to change straight up the way we run the Oscars. Have the Oscar committee get together and reset a new rule for voters. Anything no, that's like that. that's the only way it could change. So you, you need something that made an insane amount of money for something that it was that it was budgeted for, and it would have to have certain characteristics in it. And then because they were, they're going to see a correlation. They're not going to see causation. They're just going to see a correlation and go like, oh, this movie, you know, movie A made, you know, $500 million and it had Oscar Isaac as its lead actor. Whereas movie B made $100 million and had, you know, fucking Brad Pitt as their lead actor. And then if movie A happens again, they're going to stop and go like, hey, we're on to something here. Maybe if we use another Latino actor, the same thing will happen. And then they're just going to keep pumping more money into that because it's all their way of thinking. Their way of thinking is what makes me money. And what makes them money is whatever people want to go see. If people want to see Oscar Isaac or, you know, uh, Mr. Boyega, I can't remember his first name, you know, John 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 Boyega was John Boyega and like in separate movies then that will change things. Yeah. And then once those changes things, like the way people see lead actors in movies now or whatever, and then it moves on to like then, you know, prestige pictures. The same like, because the same mentality works the same way. If you get a notable actor from successful movies or anything like that and you put them in prestige picture, people are gonna go want to go see it. And and then it may not make a bunch of money, but that will get them nominated. And that's going to change things. I has am to be money. lost my train of thought here. Um, say something else. Keep talking. Okay. So, and people think that there's some kind of formula to this, that people are just inherently racist in Hollywood. It's not that. It's money. People don't see your skin color. 
for the most part. They see green. If you can make the money, you're going to be in movies. If you can make the money, you're going to write movies. If you can make the money, you're going to direct movies. There's no if, ands, or buts about it. You can be fucking purple and polka dot for all they care. But if you can make a movie that grosses the money that Star Wars did, or even grosses the money that American Sniper did, you're in. What I was going to say is, um, I mean, we talked about earlier about Best Picture, right? Mm -hmm. How it got pushed from 5 to Mm 10. And that was because of an outcry about the Dark Knight. Now... That was critical outcry from critics. That's the thing. So if these people become critics and start outcrying about, you know, this or that, then we might have some change. But the only way that things can be done is if it's not just the public. Because really the Oscars aren't for the public and they don't give two shits about the public. So you guys can, like, they... I would say that... You could not. You could have the Oscars and not put them on TV, and they would still do the Oscars every year, yeah. right? Because they're Pretty not much. doing it for the public. People love that shit. People eat that shit up and love seeing people, you know, walking down the red carpet. And exactly. Like you know, they love all this shit. I'm a sucker for that shit too. So, go be a creator. Yeah. At the very least, go be. Because if they're not going to listen, critic. Yeah, because if they're like they listen to money, but sometimes they listen to their peers. Yeah. And if their peers are pissed off enough, sometimes they change things. You know, Johnny said it with the Dark Knight. And if their peers are pissed off, because I mean, those critics end up knowing people who make movies. Right. At one point, and critics also end up making up the mind of the public. So if critics say it, they'll be like, well, hmm. They're influential. <laughs> if the critics think this, that's possible money that's going down the drain. Yeah. So, so we need to do something to change these critics' minds so we don't lose any money. Yeah. So, I don't know, like maybe if, if like this like a whole change in changing of the guard when it comes to Oscar voters would happen sooner if we had more critics get more pissed off about this. Yeah. I mean, like, in all honesty, I would love to see the day when, like, Oscar Isaac gets nominated for Best Actor and wins. Yeah. I think he deserves it. I think he's one of the best actors out there right now. I would love to see, like, Idris Elba fucking get that shit, too. Yeah. I, I think he's know, an amazing actor. A lot of people were upset, and, and I can see this and I can't. For supporting actor and beast of no nation, and That's I can see it just Netflix because, movie. yeah, just because they just put it out in theaters just enough to be qualified for yeah. a, um, you know, just to be qualified yeah. to go to the Oscars. Yeah. So for that reason, I can say, yeah, no, like, and, and I can understand that. But yeah, you need like if that was a situation and critics were like, no, this is a great movie. This is. Like he should have gotten this role. He yeah. like, you know, should have gotten this nomination for this or that. If the critics are talking, then that gets the public talking, and that freaks studios out. Yeah. So if you don't have the chops to be a creator, mm-hmm. being a critic that's you know that 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 people listen to is just as hard, if if not harder, yeah. because there's so many of them. Exactly. Um, you gotta you gotta do something. Yeah, the whole the whole beast in those nation thing 
is a particularly interesting thing because I like right now like the Emmys are still getting used to having Netflix shows nominated for right. stuff. Before it was all HBO, you know, yeah. that, that was winning stuff. Now Netflix is contending with all of that as well. So it's and we're going to see a rise few years. In, in other streaming services like Hulu or mm-hmm. um, you know whatever fucking Hulu, Amazon Prime, yeah, whatever. And I think it's going to be a little bit longer for uh, Netflix original movies to be considered for considered Oscars. For Oscars. Mostly because like it's streaming, and as we said, they're old. They're old dudes. They're like streaming. Yeah, we're streaming. You know, it's it's it's, you know just kind of kind of the same thing. It's a business centric thing. Yeah, the main thing I I have to say is if I'm not advocating murder, and I want to preface this now, we're just using it as hyperbole to get our point across as clearly as possible. I just want to let it know that the chopping block would never advocate crime of any kind. And anything that you do is of your own fruition. It has nothing to do with us. That being said, if you want, really want to change it, go kill some old white people in Hollywood. Yeah, you mean you'll go to jail. Yeah. And you're going to get like, butt-fucked in prison. But like, you know, whatever. Just it's one of those it. things, yeah. Um, like I said, 15 years from now, the Oscars yeah. will be. Done. That's what I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, I, and right now we're in that era where, back in Hollywood, the the people who who were around in like I guess some would say like the golden age of Hollywood, mm-hmm. like the big, the one Hollywood was really becoming this huge thing, right? Yeah. Um, some of those people are still alive, and they're still voting, and some of those people were racist, and they're still racist. So, yeah. so you know that that has something to do with it as well. So I can see there being an outcry. Yeah. I understand it, and I feel your pain, seeing as how Joey and I are both not white. Yeah. Um, that being said, it'll change. Yeah. It's just not going to change right away. Maybe this is what's going to get people to listen to us now. Just is the fact that like I probably pissed off a shit ton of people. Hopefully, whatever. I'll I'll take hate listens. And then we have spread around. We have so little traffic on the website right yeah. now. Where I'm just like, eh, that'll be fine. I mean, because like, start getting get on Twitter, Joey, and be just blasphemous, and then point back to the website so people will. Okay, <laughs> maybe I'll probably like put my name as like Baphomet or something. But that's just that's just the whole crux of it, though. It's just the people behind it. I just think you're just as bad as the Oscar voters right now because you're expecting something to happen just like that without having to put any work in. Whereas the Oscar voters don't have to worry about putting any work in. They don't even have to worry about watching the movies. They just have to fucking mark off yeah. check boxes on a ballot. Doesn't mean what's being what's winning is the best movie out there. I mean, like it's just. There's just this level of laziness that I don't like. Yeah. I think maybe that's the whole thing for me. It's just that there's like this self-importance and there's just a level of laziness to it that I don't like. Like I said, if it was, um, if there was more creatives sharing this hashtag, if there was more critics sharing this hashtag, it would make a difference. But really, I'll be honest with you guys. The Oscar committee doesn't give two fucks about what you have to say about the Oscars because you guys aren't producers, you guys aren't directors, you guys aren't critics. So they just you guys aren't making anybody any money at all. You're consumers. 
Yeah. That's all you're doing is you're consuming. You need to and make it is, and you need to get them money. That's, it, it, that's the only way this is going to As soon as you start lining their pockets, then they'll start listening to you. Yeah. Or if you start affecting their bottom line by being a critic. Yeah. If you and can, if you affect them financially, they, they will listen. Because whether you're making them money, they'll be happy and listen to you. Mm-hmm. If you're making them lose money, they'll be upset, but they will listen to you. So yeah. go out there. and If you're tired of the way this is run, stop being a consumer and start – stop consuming – and start producing. <laughs> we need drop to make. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, I guess that I guess that's the whole thesis statement of this right now. Yeah, don't be cons- like don't consume if you're not happy with it. Be Produce creative. it, and, you know. That's the only way you know things ever get done. Pretty much. And yeah, there's a good chance that if you try something, it might not work. But I mean. Yeah. If you're that passionate, if your drive it. is there, if you have the will, you will find a way. Exactly. So, plus, I mean, Hollywood loves those stories. When they, they make a movie about you, about how you struggled for years and years and years to make a movie, mm-hmm. then you finally made an amazing movie. Hollywood will make a movie about you. Hey, I mean, just like we've been joking about Room and The Room. But James Franco is developing a movie based off of a, a Greg Sestero's book, The Disaster Artist. Yeah. About just the insanity that was the room and how that got made. They're making a movie about that. Yeah. And that in and of itself is kind of a testament to what you just said. Yeah. The you know, adverse struggle. They're going to make a movie about it. Tommy Wiseau wanted to make a movie. It was shit. Well, but he wanted to make a play and then wanted to make a book and then ended up making a movie. Hmm. But he did it. <laughs> and it's one of the best worst movies ever. <laughs> Even if you make a piece of shit, people might still love it. So yeah. we live in an era where this is really easy. You can make a movie with your phone. Yeah. Actually, you know, a hundred like not even a hundred years ago, I want to say a hundred years. Even like thirty years ago, you would need to go out and buy equipment. To, like serious equipment to film a movie, but now I promise you, the smartphone in your pocket is ten times better than that shit was yeah. thirty years ago. So I'm kind of glad you brought that up because there's a movie I watched a little while ago. I keep forgetting to bring it up too. Uh, called Tangerine, mm-hmm. and kind of Christmassy. It takes place in LA during Christmas. Um, that entire movie was shot with an iPhone. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy had, like, a rig and everything that he slapped the iPhone into to make it steady and everything and to make it smooth. Um, And, you know, but he still had, like, boom mics and, you know, mic packs and other fun stuff like that, you know, for sound. But it was entirely shot on an iPhone. Yeah. You can pull that off. You don't, like, if you have to invest money in it. Yeah, the air, the... Era of financial limitations, I would say, is gone. Yeah. If you want to be a creator, or at least extreme financial limitations is gone. Yeah. I mean, think about 10, 15 years ago. You want to be a movie critic, and the internet's kind of just beginning. Mm -hmm. It's still in those like fetal stages where it's kind of starting to take off. It would be a lot harder to make a website than it is today. Yeah. You know? And this is where like an ad for Squarespace. Let, let's let's say let's let's say if you let's say if you wanted to like you know, podcast, 
it, you can do it all with your phone. I mean, you can film a movie with your phone. Like you can do so much with this, just the stuff that's around you. Yeah. I mean, I mean, just take us. I mean, we're we're two assholes with nothing better to do at the moment. And we make a podcast on the side of our full time jobs, and you know, granted though, we we have enough money to where we can buy stuff to make this not an entire piece of crap, but. You know, we're trying to create something. Yeah. If, if, like I said, if there's a will, there's a way. And sometimes some of the best, like who, um, I'm spacing on the director's name, but um, he's like kind of like a well-known director, but he always tends to make his films with just like what's around him. Like his films tend to be low cost, but tend to yield decent returns. I'm really spacing do, on the Do name. you know what movie he's made? I'm spacing on it. But, you know, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's just, you have the means to do it. Yeah. Whether you are aware that you have the means to do it and whether it'll be super great looking, you might not. Yeah. Um, we talked about Josh Trank. I mean, the way he got his start, he fil- he directed a small little short film that he put on YouTube. The next day, he his buddy's a beer. Yeah, he the next day he gets a call from you know big studios yeah. to get him to go in there. Exactly. Um, so, like I said, hey, there are opportunities out there. You just need to be willing to take it. Yeah, if it's something you want to do, something you've ever been interested in doing. Fucking try it. Take a weekend. Yeah. I mean, like, so I've kind of haven't been very secretive about it, but I've always tried writing screenplays. Yeah. I've wrote three so far. Don't think they're that good, but the only way you can get better is the if only way you can keep... get better is if I try. Yeah. And essentially, like, the whole adage goes, you know, like at least the way I I say it is, you know, at least I tried. Yeah. Is the main thing. Yeah, you you. If you don't try, you'll never be able to exactly to do it. We talked about this at the beginning of the podcast. I mean, your odds might be just as high to win the Powerball, but unless you buy a lotto ticket, you're if, not going to win. If I if I won the power if I won the Powerball, I can sit here movies for days. <laughs> I can sit here and fantasize about this or that all day long, but unless I take that first step, even if it's just a small step yeah. to achieve that i'm never gonna do it yeah so from our bleeding hearts just create stuff yeah from shitty creators to other shitty creators we hope you just go out there and make something and if you listen to this and are inspired to go create and you become this big wig hot shot creator give us a little shout out we probably need it (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna be sitting in the same spot Way older than we need to be doing the same thing on episode 10,000. Um, I think that's it. And let's, um, before we get out of here, Joey, um, is there anything um, you're looking forward to this year as far as movies go? Any as big movies, movies that go. like are coming out this year that you're excited to go see? I, for one, mm-hmm. am very excited to go see Deadpool. Deadpool is a main one right now. And it comes out in, like, you know, a month or so. February. So it's not too far Valentine's away. Valentine's um, I'm excited. Deadpool has some of the best marketing I have ever seen. They have released billboards and posters that have made Deadpool look like a romantic comedy. I saw that. I 
love it. I want those posters. It's funny to me because I just, I just want to go there on like a Friday night when it comes out, or maybe the week after. Maybe not the week after, because I'm sure people will know by then. But I want people who are uninformed to go be like, "Oh, I saw like this movie," and like, "Oh, it's, it's Ryan Gosling." They know Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds, and he's like in this like it's like a romantic comedy. And he has thing. cancer. It's romantic comedy. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds, and he has cancer. And we need to go watch this, and then they go. The boyfriend just goes like, "Yeah, all right." <laughs> So, yeah, that's something I'm excited yeah, for. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for that. As far as other movies, there's probably, like, a several movies that... Rogue One is something I'm excited for. Rogue One seems pretty cool. I'm excited I... to see... Because I, I'm excited because that will set the tone for the rest of the anthology films they're doing. If it's not any good, then it's really going to sour people on Star Wars. And I feel because people are writing so high on Star <laughs> Wars right now. Really, like fucking up on Rogue One would affect their bottom line yeah. a lot. So, that's like, you know what? There's this one movie that was made about two years ago. I've been looking for. So, if anyone listening, they want to send me it. Feel free. Um, called Badaway B A D O E T. This Indonesian horror film. That's the thing I want to see. And I've kind of made a bit of a small vow to myself that I'm going to end up seeing it this year sometime. That I'm going to find it and I'm going to go see it. And so I guess that's that's the only thing. As far as movies coming up being made, can't really think of anything at the moment. Any video games that have been announced that you're like, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I've had my head in the dirt, dude. I've been working way too much and just... Understandable. Um... As far as video games go, I am excited for hopefully the release of um, Rare's new game. Okay. Um, Half-Life 3. Prospectively. Who knows? <laughs> Always holding out hope for Half-Life 3. Um, I was thinking about it, and I was like, I think if they were going to make any third of their Valve, game, Valve games, probably be Left for Dead. Yeah. Left for Dead. That, that would be like nice think thing. of like current gen looking Left for Dead. That'd be pretty cool. Oh, die! Just for like sure. going back to the days where we used to piss off like a bunch of people playing that game, and that was a good times. Pranking people. Back was it? Was that was the game we were playing when we first thought of our podcast? Huh. I think so. It was either that or Battlefield. I think it was Left for Dead, though. I think it was probably a little bit of both. Yeah. Um, uh, this conversation has obviously dwindled down. Yeah. I think we should go. Yeah, let's get out of here, Joey. Um, as always, you can go to Facebook. Check us out there. Um, subscribe to you know the show. Uh, Stitcher on iTunes. Directly from the website. Mm-hmm. Um, if you email us want to email us um the email is in the menus podcast at gmail.com um if you go to the website um there's just a link where you can click on it yep bring up the email um other than that uh stay tuned next week um I don't know. I don't know. It depends on if there's enough news to do a show next week. Yeah. Um, if there's not, then we're going to talk predictions for Oscars, talk about snubs. Yep. Because um, 
we lightly touched on it here and there, but yeah. there is some stuff that there is. There's a whole bunch of talk about when it comes to the steps. Yeah. So too much where this podcast would be way too long. Probably it's already way too long right now. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get out of here. <laughs> All right. So we'll see you guys. Uh, we'll see you guys next week then.